Hello, church, and thanks for joining us again tonight. My name's Cole Mueller, and I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of the, our elders and shepherds here, which is actually interesting because the name that we're going to be talking about tonight <laughs> has a lot to do with, with kind of Dan's job here yep. and, and yep. the trust that God has placed in him over, uh, mm-hmm. over the body here. So yeah. this is going to be a great, this is, this is going to be an absolutely fun talk. This is going to be great. Yeah, this will be good. Um, so here at Central, we are a Christ-centered church looking to be followers of Jesus, building relationships in small groups, looking to be God's heart and hands out in our community, and then looking past our community to the surrounding areas and beyond. Uh, we don't put a limit on the gospel and we're so excited to be able to engage in this type of medium that, that could really go anywhere, you yeah. know. So uh, if you like the content, make sure to hit subscribe. If you're on YouTube, make sure to hit subscribe and turn the bell on. And if you're watching us on Facebook, make sure to give it a like and, and share it so other people can, can join us with this. So this is our Wednesday night class. We call it con- a conversation. And tonight we're going to be talking about one of the names of God. So I'm so glad you're able to join us today. Do we have any announcements tonight? No. And, and I want to say something. You know, for this family that meets here, man, you guys have been awesome. I mean, I make a lot of calls, and I'm not hearing anything negative. I'm begging, please, you know, (laughs) tell me something that we need to do. There isn't anything. Yeah. You know, they're just, you guys have stepped up, and you, you know, positive, upbeat. You're calling each other. You know, you're, you're, uh, uh, you know, complimenting us on what we're doing here and on Friday night and on Sunday morning. Uh, joining with us on Sunday morning. It's just, it's just amazing, guys. And I just want to say thank you so much for, for being the God-centered church that you are and, and for reaching out to the folks in this community and beyond. It's just, it's just a, it, this is a fun place to be a shepherd at right now. It really is. Uh, uh, that's, you know, there isn't any announcement that I asked Pam too. Is there any announcement? Nothing. There's nothing that, uh, of course, you know, Jennifer is still, I'm sure, still grieving over the loss of her mom. And Bernice is still grieving over the loss of her brother. And, uh, and we still always want to acknowledge that our brethren in, in Mexico are still, I guess, and still in lockdown. And, and Freddie is there. And, you know, well, Freddie actually, would, I got an email earlier today, and, and Freddie is apparently teaching. He's, he's gone good, online as well. Good deal. So he is still teaching. He's still preaching. It's, it's, it's great. It's awesome. This is, a, this is a, sad that it had to be a, 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 a virus to move us to this point. But... You know, it's, I believe that God knows what he's doing and I think he's in charge and I think he's got a plan. And I think part of that plan is that we started doing these kinds of things that we would never, maybe have never done before. So I'm really excited about it. Really am. So why so, don't we pray and, and we'll get started. Well, I have one more thing. Okay. So let's not forget Midcoast. We're still helping them out with the food oh, yeah. pantry and we're, and, and church, we're doing a phenomenal job. Um, again, I am like Dan, I'm thoroughly impressed with the body here. Uh, I mean, we have some very mature brothers and brothers and sisters that are making sure that the needy in our community are fed. And I, I am grateful. Midcoast is very grateful. So please keep keep bringing the food. I will be here Monday, one to two. We've got signs up on all the doors. Call the church number. Call my phone. Um, we'll answer. Someone will answer one of those numbers. Yeah. And we'll be there to p- pick up the food. So. Yeah. Please give us a call. Come by, drop some stuff off. It doesn't have to be a lot, just a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing what God's done with even Absolutely. that. Absolutely, it is. It is amazing what God's done with the resources that this church has, has got itself tapped into. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So let's pray and we'll get started. Almighty God, thank you so much for for the opportunity that we have to be together tonight. Uh, we thank you for all those who are watching us on, online. We're thankful, Father, for the for the great comments that we've gotten. We're thankful that for this medium that we can reach out to, a, to the world and to our family here. Uh, we pray your blessings upon us tonight as we study. Help us, Father, that we might learn and that we might grow and that we might have the courage to apply the things we learn tonight to our own lives. Father, bless us. We know that your hand is on this church. We have seen it uh, over and over. Uh, we know that you've got a plan. and We know that you've got a direction that you're moving us to. Father, help us to be uh, aware enough that we might see it and that we might take advantage of it when this is all over and we come back to some semblance of normal. Bless us, Father, tonight. Thank you for the opportunity. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so I, wanna, I wanted to start it off tonight. I mean, we're looking at, so the name we're looking at is Yahweh-Rohi, mm-hmm. which is the Lord is my shepherd. And if, you've, if you're thinking that we're going to go to Psalm 23, you're 100% correct. There's a few other places we're going to go as well, but we're definitely going to start in Psalm 23. Um, but before we get there, before we get to the text, um, tell me a little bit 
what is it like to be a shepherd in the Lord's church in the 21st century? Well, when you understand what the, what the dynamic of a shepherd was, you know, I, I, and I looked it up, and it, it, one who is, he is, his job or his, his calling is, is to tend, feed, and to guard the sheep. And just because these sheep are human beings doesn't take away from the fact that that's still the job of a shepherd. And that's the job that God gave to the special men in the New Testament. Uh, to be shepherds uh, was uh, was was a definite focus about what you were to do, and you know our job is to uh, is to take care of the flock. It's our job. It can mean all kinds of things. It can mean uh, from from visiting someone in the hospital to doing funerals for people, for uh, you know just just striving to understand and to get in touch with the spirituality of an individual. Uh, and see where they are and then try to move them. You know, because it says, I think, in Ephesians 4 that, that he's gave some to be pastors, some to be teachers, and that word pastor there is not a preacher. That word is, a, is in the Greek, is the same word he used to describe this certain group of men. And it was to, it was to quit, it was to build up the body of believers. So our job is to, and also, it's to guard them, to watch out for the stuff that's coming in that might harm them whether it's teaching or whether it's people, uh, whatever it may be. And we've had opportunity to do that as a group of elders on numerous occasions uh, to, to, you know, protect them from individuals, to protect them from, from dynamic of doctrine that was uh, uh, not right, not biblical. Uh, so I think it, when you look at David as a shepherd and what he said, he said, I've killed the lion, I've killed the bear. Uh, you know, his job was to protect that flock. And it, it's no different. It's no different now in our job, at least in my opinion, and as it was for them. They just were. It was a different. It was. A, it was. It was animals, sheep instead of people. So, well, we'll come back to. I want to come back to that a little bit at the end. Okay. And, but what's what's awesome is this is one of. I mean, so we've we've looked at. We're going to look at six total, I believe, names. And so this is one of those names. This is, this is such a robust part of God's identity that it has this name attached to it. Yes. And so let's look at Psalm 23. And, and I'm sure we're all familiar with this, but I'm going to read it out of the NIV. This is Psalm 23, starting in verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I, I read through this psalm and, you know, I, I, whenever I, I read through this, I, I always like to first think about it kind of out of context, mm -hmm. right? Now I've read the whole psalm. There's not a lot of, the psalm before it isn't necessarily attached to it and the psalm beneath it isn't really necessarily attached to it. But this psalm is written by David and it's about David's life, you know, and it has a great meaning for him and in, in his life. And I know the kind of the story there. So I'm, I'm separating that and I just read through this psalm and when I read through the psalm, the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is that God's got everything. He's got this. I don't have to worry about anything. Mm -hmm. God's going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. But then when I bring in David's life to give this psalm context, that wasn't David's life. No, no it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, God definitely saw David through, right? He definitely mm -hmm. shepherded David. Mm -hmm. But David, for a while, lived in a Philistine city and acted like a crazy person to escape yep. the sword. Mm -hmm. So he, Saul chased him for how many, I believe it was 20 years. Mm -hmm. it's, it's shocking to me to think that a man who was chased around by an enemy after he had already been anointed king of Israel, it's interesting that he would have this type of thought about the Lord as a shepherd. I mean, when he says he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside quiet waters, David's life wasn't quiet. No. Not the, I mean, not from no. what I read. No. So it's, it's real interesting to see that for David, who did lead a very, I mean, he was a warrior. He was the warrior poet, really, um, and who led that type of life, that this is how he looked upon the Lord. 
It's very interesting. Well, I think when, what he does too is, is the very first line is the Lord is my shepherd. Well, that's Yahweh Roki. Yes. That's, that's, that's the term. And when you look at that, uh, for David to say, here is my shepherd. I have been a shepherd my whole, my whole young life. Okay? I was a shepherd as a boy. And his job was to maintain and to tend and to guard. And so he understood the shepherd nomadic lifestyle. And for him to attribute that to God, he, he knew that there were, there were sheep in his flock that took special care. He, he knew that there were sheep in that flock that he was going to have to go over and above with that, that particular sheep. You know, Jesus says, you know, if one sheep is gone and the 99 are okay, you're going to go after the one. He knew that there's that one sheep that you might have to go after. And he knew that in his life, he was that one sheep at times. And so he says, the Lord is my shepherd. What did the Lord do? The Lord went and got him back and went to protect him. Because David didn't just have a, a, a chasing of, by Saul. He killed a guy. He killed a guy because he wanted the guy's wife. Okay? His life demonstrated chaos, really. And, you know, for, for God not to just throw him onto the trash heap, because there was times when that's what David felt like he deserved. You look at some of the other Psalms that he wrote, and you know that he felt, you know, man, I'm a miserable, miserable excuse for a human being. Yet you knew me, you know me. And here he says, you are my shepherd. You know, he knows what that means. In the literal sense of the word, he knows what it means. And that, then he says, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He doesn't ask me. He takes me to where the green pastures are, and, he, and I lie down there because that's a place of solitude for me. And I know that God has put me there. Just like what we're in here, if God is our shepherd, if he is our Yahweh Roki, then, then we know that he is going to bring us to green pastures. It may look dark and bleak at times, but right now, he's going to lead us into a green pasture. And that's a, that's a very comforting. Think about it from a sheep's perspective. Okay? Think, I don't know how sheep thinks, but you know, it, it, must, be, it must be very uh, quieting, very calming to be in a, in, a, uh, in, a, in a herd of sheep or a flock of sheep where the, you have every trust in that shepherd. What did Jesus say about the, he said, my sheep will know me. They'll know my voice and they'll follow me. That's the, that's Yahweh Roki. We've talked about this before, but when we've connected these names to Jesus, we've always said, Hey, what does Jesus say? He said, I am. When he said before Abraham was, I, I am. am. So who is in our culture, in our time, Yahweh Roki is Jesus. And if I'm going to follow him and let him be my shepherd, then I'm going to learn and know his voice. Well, and actually, it's, it's, you know, in John chapter 10, Christ makes it very clear, I am the good shepherd. Yes. And a lot of that is connected in, in Ezekiel chapter 34, and we might get to that and talk about that a little bit tonight. Um, but absolutely, we see the fulfillment in, of all of these names, really, mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. all of these different aspects of who our God is, mm -hmm. who, our, who our Lord is. Um, we see them fulfilled robustly, I would say, in mm -hmm. Jesus. Um, absolutely. And... You know, what's, what's interesting is the amount of trust we have to put in God. Yes. Because that's, to me, to me when, I, when I read through this and knowing David's life, and, and you brought up an excellent point. You know, David was a liar and a murderer. Yes, he, he was. absolutely was. He was an adulterer. He was an adulterer, absolutely. Um, and so looking at that aspect of it as well, and knowing that the Lord is still going to come for me, that the Lord still values me. And it wasn't like David started out that way. I want to make that clear. If you don't know the story of David, David started out being chosen by God to be king and then was chased by Saul for many, many years. About yeah. 20 is what, what mm -hmm. we, I kind of remember that. So um, he was chased by Saul for many years before he finally was made king. And God saw him through all that time and then is when he made he 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 made these huge I mean they weren't even mistakes he went out and he murdered someone and then he committed adultery mm -hmm. I mean these are huge sins these are I mean we put sins on a, on a ladder sometimes and maybe we shouldn't but you know in our thinking that's a big deal mm -hmm. 
And this was after he'd been walking with the Lord for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's... It gives me hope. <laughs> gives me a great, at the, great at the very, hope. At the very least, absolutely. But I mean, knowing those things on this side of the cross, the amount of... These, these type of things and knowing these things inspires me to give that trust to God. Because do you always want to be the sheep that's wandering? I mean, that's kind of the way I look at it. I mean, do the sheep sometimes doesn't know it wanders, and sometimes it knows where it knows it's getting into trouble? Well, you know, we're a little bit smarter than sheep, not much, but yeah. a little bit. I don't always want to be that sheep. Let me ask you something. We know that Jesus is the good shepherd. We know that God's name, one of his names, is Yahweh Roki, which means the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, we know that. Why does he need to put a, a group of men over a, a, a group of, of his people. Why does he need to do that? Well, I know from Ephesians 4, it's, it's that group of people that are responsible for maturing and developing the flock, developing them into mature Christians. Mm-hmm. That whoever he places in those roles, that's, that's what their job is. Why, do I, why does David need a shepherd? Because we have a tendency to wander. Because we have a tendency to act like sheep. <laughs> you know, I don't know much about sheep. I know what cattle do. I, I'm not really, I'm not, it's like some folks that I know, but, but I did watch my grandfather when I was young. And, you know, and I don't know how sheep and cattle are different, but I know what people do. And I know that if people don't have someone to lead them, they will lead themselves. And generally, they will lead themselves into a place where it is not good for them. That's what we generally do. And so he put a group of men, a plurality of men, that, that, that lined up with certain qualifications to be, and he calls them shepherds. One of the terms he uses is shepherd. Uh, I know when, when I was asked to, when I was, my name was put up to be one, you know, I was scared to death. I'm still scared because of the responsibility that it brings. And I know Dan, I know James, I know Bobby and Gary. We all feel that way. You know, it doesn't hinder us from doing our job because, you know, we, our job is to make sure that the flock that we're over, that we have responsibility for, that we bring them to this shepherd, that we make sure that they understand that this, so they need to see us following this shepherd. You know, when, when I look at this psalm, and, you know, usually we, this psalm we read when we're doing a funeral or something and, you know, you know, we've got a casket in front of us. But this is a great, you know, he guides me in paths of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'm going to be a shepherd, if a man, let's say you, aspire to be a shepherd someday, you need to, you need to make yourself into a place where, where you can, can be not Jesus to them, but you can be that Jesus that they see on earth where they, that, that you strive to lead them in paths of righteousness, where you take them beside the quiet waters, where you lead them to green pastures, not physically, but spiritually. And I think that's the thing that this teaches me is, is, uh, is God is striving to, you know, he is striving to, to take me to that place. And me as a shepherd needs to be striving to take this flock and that's why I said what I said a while ago. I am, I am overwhelmed by this church. You know, on Friday nights we've been talking about the mission and vision statement and getting them to being God-centered. This is, the, this is a God-centered group of folks. They, they really are. I mean, they have stepped up and they're calling each other. And, they're, and every one of them says, Dan, I cannot wait until we can get back together. I want to, I want to see. And, you know, and it's... Because they're, because they're a flock that's content, even though we're going through what we're going through, they're still content because they know who the good shepherd is. And that's, that's it, it's, uh, you know, when you look, I, well, fear no evil, for you're with me. That's hard, Cole. Because I know that some of them are, they're afraid. They're afraid that, and I've known men, I've talked to men that are afraid to, to step out because they're afraid that, that, they could get infected and give it to their wives who are compromised. But yet at the same time, and I talked to one of them today, and uh, 
And, but yet at the same time, they know that who's in charge. They know they have a shepherd that's leading them. It's amazing. It takes a lot of trust. It, ta- yes. it takes a lot. Of, I mean, God doesn't ask us to believe or have faith without reason, right? Mm-hmm. In Acts uh, chapter 17, Paul will say that the resurrection of Christ was, was evidence, right? Mm-hmm. He'll point to that and say, because Christ rose, we have this evidence and God, and we have, we, we're now going to all be held. We're all going to be judged by mm-hmm. the things that he said. Um, it takes a lot of trust, though. It takes trust to look at God and go, you're going to lead me through these hard times. You know about it, you're aware of it, and you're going to lead me. But it also takes trust on the other side of it when you wander to know that he, he loves you enough to come after you. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the identity of, of him as Yahweh Rohi is all about trust. Do you really trust him or not? Is he really your shepherd or not? Because if you don't trust him, if you don't trust the things he said, if you don't believe the things he said, you're not going to allow him to shepherd you you're going to walk away. You're going to reject the message. And uh, I look at this psalm and I, and I think, you know, David led, led a very interesting life, yeah. a very busy life. Yeah. But the one thing he did, no matter what, was fall back and trust God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it, it was a little later than we would have preferred, maybe. You know, we've got people watching. They're going to watch either, you know, on Wednesday night or they're going to watch another time. And... They are, they are going to look and say, and, and listen to this and say, I don't have a clue what he's talking about. I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It, takes, it takes time. It takes, uh, it takes a, a faith. But the scriptures tell us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. And I'm, I'm listening to a lot of things that are going on out there and, you know, um, you know things that, are, that I know that are not godly stuff. And then, and then other things that I know that are godly that I'm hearing on reports of things that are going on, not in our body, but in, in, in society, in our nation. And, and I'm thinking, do these people have no faith in God or do they just talk like they have faith in God? Because, because having faith in God says, I am going to trust you. I'm going to trust you to do. That's what faith is. Faith is a trust that's obedient. And I'm going to trust you to take me where I need to go and do for me what I need you to do for me. And I'm going to act accordingly. I'm going to be the person that your son died to make me. No matter what. And, and that takes a lot of discipline. And it takes a lot of trust. And it takes a lot of time. And, you know, we've talked about practicing what we, are, what we learn. And, uh, I prayed just a minute ago that we have the courage to apply what we learn. You know, a, apply. To, David was not a good sheep. Okay, not for, I mean, you know, Uriah the Hittite would would testify to that. Bathsheba could attest to that, to that, to that. Even his son Solomon could testify to that. But he still, God says, the shepherd said, he's a man after my own heart. Wait a minute. (laughs) What? He was a lousy father. He was not a good father. One of his sons raped his sister. So, I mean, there was, there was disharmony and, and, and chaos in his family. And yet always he could write something like this. And you know, in his heart, he's looking and saying, you know, I, I made some mistakes. That's why I said a while ago, it gives me hope. Because I have a, I have a God that is not, his job is to save the sheep, not to kill it. He's not going to kill me. As, he is, he's trying to save me. And I don't know what Saul's going on out here. I have no idea what God's plan is. I don't know. And frankly, I can, I'm not going to say I don't care because that sounds insensitive. I do care. But I'm not going to fret over it. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do what's best for my family. I'm going to do what's best for this family. And, uh, and, and, I'm, going to, uh, and I'm going to trust God that he's got a handle on this and he knows what he's doing because, because if I'm going to read this psalm and mean it, then I've got to trust him that even in this, this chaos that we got going on, that I know that he's in charge because he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death for some folks, you know, when you lose a loved one like Jennifer has or Bernice has, it can be a, a place of the shadow of death. It can be that, you know, I've lost people in my life and I know 
that feeling of helplessness. And he said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Well, I know people that have experienced, and, and you do too, that have experienced uh, that darkness of death, that darkness of the shadow of, of, of upheaval, and they've turned to everything but God. Because God was not their shepherd. Only a sheep that has a shepherd they trust could they say, I will fear no evil. And my charge to them tonight, my charge to you is, is that you will look at this and say, how do I make, put myself in a place where I'm part of the flock, where I can look at the shepherd and say, I will not be afraid because you're standing there. And if you're, and if, and we say it all the time, we put the little thing at the bottom and has the phone number, (laughs) call one of us. We can help you find that shepherd. We can. So. Well, you know, I really think too, it, you know, it doesn't come overnight. And I think that's the biggest fallacy. You know, how, do, how does a professional baseball player become a professional baseball player? How does a professional football player become a professional football Did someone just hand them a football one day and boom, there they were? Or did they spend their entire childhood and young adult life playing football? Mm-hmm. You can't get good at the game if you don't play. Yeah. You can't get good at anything if you don't do it. Yeah. And so the reality is it's the same thing here. God isn't asking us to have this this type of trust overnight. No, he's not. He's not asking us to say, "Hey, you know, you need this trust. You you believe you believe that Jesus is the son of God, you put him on in baptism. Excellent. Now you have to you have to have this trust. That it doesn't work that way. It has to grow." You've been a Christian a short time. Yes. You haven't been a Christian very long. No. How are you learning how to be a sheep? By reading his word. Okay. Constantly. Okay. <laughs> By um a lot of study, I mean, and a lot of prayer, okay. and a lot of turning to him and saying, you know, this is what, this is what I want. I want to be like your son. Mm-hmm. I want, show me where to go. Okay. Show me the way. And then listening for those, those times that he speaks and then just constantly being in the word. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what it's, what it's been like for me for the past few years. I, I think for me, those all, all those things were exactly the same. Mm-hmm. But then there was one I learned later on. I'm going to watch other sheep. I'm going to watch other sheep. I want to see what they do. I want to see how they do. I'm not going to imitate them. I don't want to imitate their lives. But I want to see how do they live their life as a sheep. Because I don't know how to do this. I know how to live in the world. I don't know how to live as a sheep in the flock of God. I don't know how to do that. So I think one of the things I can, I can stress to them is, is find some sheep that you can watch. You know, that, that are that are godly people, truly. Now, that will change as you read the book and as you study and you wait, wait a minute, how come they're not doing this? And so I think, I think if, if I'm going to allow him to be my shepherd, I, you know, and I think that's part of the, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Remember that? He mm-hmm. said, follow me as I follow Christ. And uh, he knew that he had a responsibility to follow Christ in a way because other people were going to be following him because they couldn't see the shepherd yet. That works for all of us in this body. I need to know that there are other sheep are looking at me and I need to be aware that as I follow him, they may be following me until they get strong enough where they can follow him themselves. And, and when you look at a thing like this, I need to put these into practice in my life so I can be the best sheep I can be so the shepherd can leave me and go after the one that's running around acting like a fool. And, you know, I mean, it's, a, you know, these things are uh, surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I keep going back, though, uh, to the one, you know, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they come for me. Why, why does he say that? Why do you think he says that right there? Because he's walked through some pretty bad places. He's been through some pretty bad situations. Okay. And I don't think he always came out unscathed, but I think the Lord led him through it. Okay. And he always looked to the Lord to do that. I think he trusted in his promises. So one of the things he told he told David was one of your son will sit. You're going to be king and your son will sit on the throne. Now those are two different times. So um Samuel came to him and anointed him and, and told him, you're going to be king. 
And then there was a lot of things that occurred in his life that could have detracted from that promise. Mm -hmm. that, would have made, that could have made him think, God's not going to come through on it. But what you see in David's life constantly is that he looked towards that promise and he looked towards that fulfillment. God said, I was going to be king. It's going to be in his time. Mm -hmm. Even when he had them, Saul at his mercy, when Saul was chasing them all throughout the hills and stuff, and he had Saul dead to rights, he didn't take it. He didn't kill him. He said, I'm not going to raise my hand against the Lord's anointed. Even though Saul has done things yes. wrong to me, mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. It, it's, the Lord's going to handle things in his time. Mm -hmm. it's, it, I mean, he believed the things that God had spoken. I think for me, when I look at all, when I look at all of this and, and think about faith, and think, it all starts there. These are the things that God has said, mm -hmm. and I have to believe them. Yeah. I have to rely on them. That's, yeah. I have to start. It has, for me, it always has to go back to that. I have yeah. to put that into, into my thinking. Well, when you, when you look at the names, and we've looked at, at three or four of them already. We've looked at three or this the fourth. I, I don't remember how many we've done. But every one of them has a, a particular attribute of God. Whether he's a provider, a healer, you know, a comforter, whatever, whatever it is. And this one happens to be the, the idea is that he is a shepherd. So if you start to wrap your mind around what does that mean, you know, well, you know, as a sheep, you're looking at, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the sheep next to me. Well, he ain't protecting me. And the one over here, he ain't protecting me. And that one ain't protecting me. And that one ain't protecting me. You know, I'm looking at that guy standing over there. He's the guy that I'm looking to protect me. And when I see this term, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. As a sheep, I have watched him mm. knock a knot on the head of an enemy before <laughs> with one of these implements. And that's very comforting to me. Because I know what they're going to have to do to go through him. To get to me, they're going to have to go through him. And it, it said, so when I see his rod and his staff, I know he's thumped me a couple of times with that staff. You know, he's reached out and popped me when I was maybe going to, too close to the edge and going to fall over. But they still comfort me because I know that, 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 he's, that, he's, that he has protected me from the bad guys. Hmm. And it may, for David, David had a sling. He had a rod, he had a staff, and he used that sling and he said, I've killed the lion, I've killed the bear. And he said, Goliath is going to be nothing for me because, because God is going to kill him for me. <laughs> you know, I've got that God. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I've got that God that's, that this says is my shepherd. I don't have to worry at all. He is going to make me lie down in green pastures. He is going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, he said, I'm going to dwell in the, in the, in the house of the Lord forever. I'm, I'm going to do it forever. I know that if something happens to me tonight, I'm going home. Because my shepherd said so. And I believe it. And our job, my job as a shepherd, your job as a pulpit preacher, as, a, as a, someone who is striving to be the example you need to be to your children, to your wife, uh, they need to know that you will protect them. They need to be comforted by the protection that you offer to them uh, in whatever way that, that comes out. Uh, spiritually, uh, especially spiritually, I believe. And I believe that's the only way an eldership can be, uh, can, can be effective is the, is the flock needs to know that these guys have got my back. They're going to do what needs to be done. They'll put their lives on the line if that's what it takes, spiritually speaking. When we know, and you know, this, I, I love this psalm, you know, because it brings out all of this element of, of just how amazing God's care and love for mm -hmm. us is, mm -hmm. you know. And uh, it's, it's just a wonderful, in my mind, it's a wonderful psalm. I, I mean, we do we say it at funerals a whole lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but the reality is this psalm is about him as, as my shepherd watching over me every step he knows he knows who i am he knows he knows uh where i'm gonna stray he knows what could overcome me he knows the things i need i mean he just knows everything about me he knows yes. me better than i know myself better yes. than the, my wife knows me better than my mother or my father know me he knows me better than anyone because he is my creator and he's going to take care of me because he is my shepherd it's just i love it i love it and we see in Ezekiel, I want to touch Ezekiel real quick. Ezekiel 34, we see that, that dynamic play out with the refugees. So Ezekiel is with all of these people who have been um, taken captive mm -hmm. from, the, uh, from Judah. And they're traveling to Babylon. 
And Ezekiel is this priest, and the word of God comes to him. And so if you didn't know anything about Ezekiel, it's a very short biop. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> but, that's what it's about. But so in chapter 34, one of the things that the Lord tells Ezekiel to tell the people is that, hey, you as shepherds failed. The, the shepherds that I had set over Israel, you failed. You didn't do what you were going to do. You didn't protect them the way they should have been. All of these things. And then he says, I am going to be their shepherd. I am going to watch over these people. I'm going to. Now, this is a people that have just been, you know, uprooted from their homes and they've had their, their cities overthrown. And, and likely most of them have dealt with death and family and there are people missing and they're, mm -hmm. they're now captives. They're being dragged away into, an, into a foreign land. But he says here, I'm going to be their shepherd. And then flash forward, and Jesus says it in John chapter 10. He says, I am the good shepherd yeah. in John chapter 10. And so he takes on this identity fully. Mm -hmm. And he does say that. He says, you know, he says, the sheep know my voice. Yeah. Now he's talking to a bunch of Pharisees when he says it. But it's interesting to me that even as the son, he takes on this role of the shepherd. That he, he embodies fully the idea of, I am the good shepherd, and I'm going to watch over these people, and no one can take you from me. I think that's one of the, when we talk about the rod and the staff, that's one of the biggest things. Um, you know, we don't deal with a whole lot of uh, witchcraft or spirituality or mm -hmm. anything like that in this society, for the mm -hmm. most part, where we're a Western society. So it's, it's usually on the fringes, you know, it's not a mainstream thing. But the reality is, no one can take us from the hand of our no. father. Mm -hmm. No one. You know, I mean, we, we can talk about wandering away, but no one can forcibly remove us from the hand of God. He is our shepherd. Mm -hmm. I mean, who's bigger than God? Nobody. You know, who could, I mean, who could, who's going to walk in? Jesus talked about when he was casting out spirits that it's like, you know, you have to come into and tie up the strong man before you can plunder mm -hmm. his house. Who's tying God up? Yeah. It's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen. No. It's just amazing. Yeah, I like, I like this in Ezekiel, and he says, for this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. And he's already told them, and, and up in, earlier in the chapter, he said, and he, he doesn't just say, just, he says, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves, should not shepherds take care of the flock. And I've got mine highlighted and underlined. <laughs> because that is very, you know, I do not ever want him to say to me as a mm. shepherd, you know, woe to you, Dan Spade. I'm going to take over because you did not do this job. You, he said, should not shepherds take care of the flock? And, and yes, all through the New Testament, when he talks about the church and he talks about, you know, the dynamic of the church and the shepherds that were involved, the elders that were involved, you know, it, I don't know how churches function without someone to lead them spiritually. And, uh, and here he says in verse 11 in this chapter, he says, he says, okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take over. And I'm going to do it. I think, you know, I would much rather as a shepherd, I'd much rather him be doing it through me <laughs> and not because of me and over me and around me. And, and I've seen shepherds like that before. Uh, you know, this place has been blessed with some really good men. Uh, all of them that I've ever worked under have been, you know, for the most part, been good men. Uh, but, uh, you know, when, when it has not been that way, God's taken care of it. And God's done what needs to be done. And, and so when you go back to chapter 10, and, and Jesus says in chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. How comforting should that be for the sheep that meet here? You know, when you and Jessica and your family was, was looking at coming here, you've told me that uh, and you don't have to be specific, but you told me that there were, you interviewed at places where you knew. T tell them, you know, just very briefly. You know. So there were, there were places that we interviewed. So we interviewed at quite a few different places. And, and unfortunately, one of the places that really stuck out, what, what the eldership there felt like it was something that had been unjustly thrust upon them, that nobody else wanted the job. And they were the only ones left to do it. And it was, it was sad. I mean, at the same, it was, so it was, I feel a couple of different ways about it. I'm, I'm proud that brothers and sisters in the church are willing to step up to the plate when needed. That's a good thing. And I think that's, that's really one of the better things about the American culture is, as Americans, we're willing to step up to the plate to get things done. And I think, I think that's a good thing. Um, but at the same token, I, it was sad that they felt that 
there was no help and they didn't really know what they were doing and there was no one to guide them and there and it was it was distressing and so so they were looking for you to come in and do that they were they it was it wasn't explicitly stated but it was pretty obvious that that was that was kind of where where the idea was and and especially for me as a, as a very young christian as you point out so i was i was baptized in 2016 mm-hmm. um i looked at that and ran screaming to the hills i didn't want that i mm-hmm. One of the things I kept saying, in fact, when I interviewed here was, I don't want to be the man. Mm-hmm. I'm not interested in being the man. I'm not the man mm-hmm. um, because I'm not. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm in need of shepherding just mm-hmm. like anyone else, if not more so mm-hmm. than other people, I would say. You know, so, it, you said that you had a box, a list of boxes that you checked off. And, I, and so, you know, like whenever, whenever we make these type of, whenever you have to make a decision like this, of course, we prayed about it, and we spent a lot of time praying about it, but God also expects us to be wise. Mm-hmm. And so we, we had a list of things that we wanted to see. We're a family. We have kids. We, you know, we wanted to see other kids. We wanted to see some maturity in the body. One of the things we weren't looking at, for example, were problems. You know, there are problems. Everybody, the body is made up of broken and hurt people. Yes. <laughs> so we weren't so much worried about whatever problems there might be. Um, of course, we wanted to be aware of, of anything, but that's, that wasn't our focus. Our focus was that, the, the, for the most part, it was a mature body that had children and that the shepherds knew what they were doing. The shepherds were shepherding. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've, I've, just in the past few month, I would say, I've even seen more so of that here than anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of... Yeah, I, I just... You know, I, wanted, I want us to be... Uh, you know, a, a place, I want this place to be, and, and for people that are watching that, that maybe they're watching from uh, someplace else, and they don't, they're not a part of this body. I want them to know what this place is like. You know, this, this is a place where it's very easy to shepherd here. Well, I, I'll tell you if, you, if you want to know what this place is like, I'll tell you. It's a bunch of broken people that know they're broken and go to God to be fixed. Yeah. That's exactly what this place is like. Yeah. It's incredibly refreshing. Um, we don't have a lot of people putting on airs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not about Sunday morning. You know, I, I'll, I'll wear what I, what I feel is appropriate, mm-hmm. but it's not about what you come dressed like in Sunday morning. It's not about the ring on your finger or the watch on your wrist. It's about being broken. Or the car you drive up Or the in. car you drive up in. Right. It's, none of that matters. It's all irrelevant. What matters is the fact that you're broken. Because if it's relevant... <laughs> I'm in big trouble. <laughs> I, yeah, not, yeah, my, me as well. But uh, it's not about that. It's about people who need Christ, know they need Christ, and, they're see, and they're, they've found Christ, and now they're living in Christ together here. They're broken people who have been fixed, and they know who fixed them. And it's the fantastic. Good Shepherd says, Hebrews chapter 4, I think it's chapter 4, verse 15, I believe, says, and we have a high priest that can sympathize with our infirmities, because in all aspects he was tempted just as we are, yet he was without sin. He knows broken. He knows broken. Uh, he knows broken physically, and he has seen and experienced broken spiritually, but he did not sin. Okay, And not that he was broken spiritually, but he was involved in so many people's... You know, we're going to look at, at, a, at, a, at a parable come Friday night when we talk about the woman caught in adultery. And that woman was broken. And he knew she was broken. And for, you know, we need to lead them to Jesus. And if, as we all do lead each other to Jesus, if we're all going the same, and of course that's not popular with social distancing, but you know, as we go as a pack, we go as a pack towards Christ, it's, it, uh, it, it's going to be very easy, a lot easier for us to adopt those principles in Psalm 23 and adapt, ad, adapt them to our lives. It's going to be easier to lie down in a green pasture. It's going to be easier to find the quiet water. It's going to be easier to be comforted by the rod and the staff. It's going to be easier to have no fear because all of us as a group will look at him and say, that's my shepherd. That's my shepherd right there. That's him. That's Jesus. That's the guy. That's the guy we're following. And he will lead us to the promised land. Yahweh. Rohi. Rohi. Yahweh Rohi. Rohi. Is uh, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So, well, I think going forward, when we start looking at things, and I'm sure you can see the PowerPoint on the screen, um, we need to understand that Yahweh Rohi, the shepherd, Christ, mm-hmm. the good shepherd, mm-hmm. he provides for our needs. 
our peace and our direction, Mm -hmm. 100%. We need to know that. It comes from him. It doesn't come from anyone else. We need to know he is our rest. We didn't talk about that a whole lot, but a little bit, we talked about the green pastures. Mm -hmm. It's a restful place. Now, we didn't specifically talk about the rest, the final rest that he provides, but he does. Our rest is in him. But, you know, I think even, you know, I have heard over and over and over as I've called people and talked to people and I've talked to lots of them and, and, uh, they, they know, they, they, there's a comfort that they have in knowing that they're part of this body of believers. That's why they want to get back together. You know, and, and they, there is a restful, restful sense of being a part of this body of believers. And that's amazing. It's amazing. And as our shepherd, it comes from him. Yeah, it, it doesn't. Does. It doesn't come it does. from, I mean, it comes from being in his body and it comes from directly from him. It's, I mean, it's not... You don't get this from the Rotary Club, you know. No, no, you um, don't. No, <laughs> uh, no. You know, this is who he is. You know, I, it's, I find it interesting. You know, Christ said, "I am the good shepherd." You know, Christ went out of his way. It's one of those "I am" statements mm-hmm. to make. I mean, he could have said, Christ could have said a whole lot of things. Yeah. You know, I am the provider. I am the, but he said, I am the good shepherd. This is, I, I really believe this is a core part of his identity. Mm-hmm. It's him caring for us and watching over us and taking care of us. And, and this is who he is. Um, we have no reason to fear because he is vigilant. No one's going to take us from his hands. No one can, no one's going to beat him. No. You know, and I think we need to remember that. As long as we stay faithful to him. As long, well, of course, of course. Yes. As long as we stay faithful to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he shows us mercy, kindness, and surpassing love. And I think looking at Psalm 23 and, and David's life, both the trusting in, in the shepherd during that riotous period and also even afterwards continuing to trust in the shepherd, even after he had messed up, even after he had made huge judgment errors and sinned horribly against people, he still trusted in the Lord to provide his salvation, his righteousness. And I think that demonstrates his surpassing love quite a bit. We are his forever and nothing can forcibly take us from him. And I think once again, you know, we don't deal with a lot of that spiritual, spiritualism in this culture, but it's growing. And we need to remember that nothing can take us from him. Yeah. Nothing can take yeah. us from yeah. the hand of God. Yeah. You know, nothing. So going forward, I think uh, let's focus on trusting Yahweh Rohi and praying for faith in the face of trouble. Have faith that the Good Shepherd is watching over us, and he knows us more than anyone else. He is not ignorant of our fears, our trials, our temptations, or troubles. Resolve to go to him in prayer. Pray for help during these times and these difficulties. He knows. Yeah, you know, he knows us. We're his sheep. Yeah. You know, he knows all of his sheep and he calls us all by name. I mean, look, if he knows the stars in the sky yeah. and he set their paths, I think he knows me too. Yeah. I think it's not, it's not outside the realm of impossibility yeah. there. And so go to him. He wants to hear from us. He's our, he's our shepherd. He mm-hmm. wants to hear from us. It wouldn't be, do you have anything else you want to add before I close uh, it out? Just that, that uh, you know, I want, I want this body and I want the people that are listening to, to know that, that, uh, it, it, you know, times can get scary. Times can get overwhelming. And, and I know what it's like to try to approach those without anybody. I've been in that predicament, that place before. It's a whole lot better being here, knowing that, that I can sit across from you. You know, I can, I can know that you and I have a connection because of, of my shepherd that we're both sheep in the flock. And, and I know that, that that can be very attractive to people who are lost. And I want them to know there is a shepherd who loves them, wants them in the flock, but they have to come to him on his terms. Absolutely. And if they don't, uh, he, wants to, he wants them to get to a place where they know his voice. And that means they have to get in the book. And they have to find him. And he will make himself known to them. If you're watching tonight and you're, and you're hearing all of this and you're saying to yourself, it's not me. It's mm-hmm. not me, guy. You know, I, I, I don't know who this Jesus is. I don't know who this God is you speak of. I don't know them. They're not my shepherd. Or maybe you know a little bit, but you're, you're not secure um, as one of his sheep. Give us a call. You know, the number is right down here. Email us. Yeah. You know, email me. Reach out to us. We would love to talk to you. 
because the reality is we've got some really good news yeah. and some awesome hope. Yeah. And look, I, I don't care what your life looks like. If you look at this and you're like, I'm not good enough for this, welcome to the party. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the party. Join the club. Join the club. You, we've got a seat for you, and it's front center, because I guarantee you there is not a person that has ever walked in this building that's good enough for Christ. Not a person. Right. It's not Absolutely. about that. And if you want to hear more about that, please reach out. Give us a call. Send me an email. Shoot me a text. Something. Reach yeah. out. Let us know. We would love to talk about it. If you're hearing this today, don't harden your heart. Give us a call. Absolutely. So going forward, this, is, this wouldn't be a class without homework. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite part. All right. We're going to continue to meditate on Psalm 103. So I think we're in verse, uh, when this airs, we should have covered verse 15. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're stretching out. I, I stopped doing it on Saturdays and Sundays. So we've been able to stretch it out. We should be able to finish the I'm whole starting, month. I'm starting at 15. <coughs> I'm going 15 to 22. I'm yeah. reading it all week. You know, so, so we're going to keep going on Psalm 103. Make sure to join us on Facebook for that. If you like those posts, like them, share them, um, spread the news. If you're watching this again on Facebook, please like it. Please share it. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and turn on the bell so you get notifications every time we have one of these classes. Um, no matter what happens throughout this week, guys, Yahweh Rohi, trust him. He's our shepherd. He loves you. He cares about you. And he is going to see us through this difficult time. Absolutely. Brother, close down the prayer. Almighty God, we're so grateful uh, for your awesome name and your power of your being. We can't say thank you enough, Father. Uh, truly, truly, we, we are a broken people. Uh, but you came, sent your son here and, uh, and healed the brokenness. We know that you're protecting us. We know that you're taking care of us because you have told us that you are, you are our shepherd. Father, for those who are listening tonight that are not sure, they're not convinced, I pray, Father, you'll touch their heart, that you'll work in their mind and their heart as they read and study and help, to help them to, to find you in a dark, dark world. Bless them, Father, as they, as they look for you. And help us, Father, that when, you bring the, when, when they come and, and they may find us, that we will, that we will help them to find uh, the good shepherd, your son. Bless us, Father, as we move forward, uh, as we go through this, uh, this uh, time of, of uh, upheaval. Help us, Father, to trust you and to know that we don't have anything to be afraid of. And it's in the name of your precious son we pray. Amen. Amen.